Hi everybody, you're so very welcome to the 100 Pounders meeting. Today is the 14th of June 2023 and we are absolutely delighted today to have the lovely Emmy Sims with us. She's going to tell us when she first came to away, hopefully, and where she is in the country. She's just back from vacation, guys, so you need to give her a break. Take it easy on her. Emmy, it's over to you, my lovely. Before you start, can you tell me, do you want any warnings time-wise? You've got 30 minutes, Emmy. Um... How about 15, 10, and 5? Okie doke. Okay, thank you. Uh, thank you so much for asking me. My name is Emmy, and I live in Vermont. And I'll put my phone number and email in the chat. Um, but I have a California phone number because I've had it probably 40 years, and I'm not changing it. I'm new to Vermont. I've only been here four years. I came into Overeaters Anonymous. Um, 220-ish pounds. That's my my most recorded weight. I know I was larger because my dress size was a 20. Uh, my wedding dress was a size 20 that they had to let out. And uh, the day before, I came in March 5th, which was a Tuesday night. The day before, I went to a meeting, but it was for it was called EHA, Emotionally Health Anonymous. I'd gone to the wrong meeting. And the day before that, I read an article in the Times, the LA Times, about a thing called Overeaters Anonymous. Well, that morning I had decided to commit suicide. I was going to do it for good. I had three blonde children, a blonde husband, a blonde dog, and I lived in a cute little house in Reseda, California. And I was miserable. I was miserable, but no one would have known because fat people are always happy people, which is not true. My fat disguised a whole bunch of stuff. And that is that would be a whole nother meeting. However, I got so excited when she said Overeaters Anonymous because I, I didn't know there was such a thing. My whole family, husbands, brothers, sisters, are all got a drinking problem. My one sister is in the program. All, all four of them, my sibling are in the program for one disease or another. But I really like food. I could eat a couple of chickens for lunch. I was a volume eater. Uh, today, I don't eat like that. I started my very first meeting. Uh, they said, get a sponsor. I was willing, and that is the key to success in Overeaters Anonymous. I was willing to do anything they told me to do. There's no doubt in my mind. I was, it was either this or death. I had joined Weight Watchers so many times I was gonna do it again under assumed name so I could get a new scale, you know? And I am not joking. I tried uh, all kinds of different weight programs, the egg diet, the grapefruit diet, the cabbage diet, um, cottage cheese and hamburger and sliced tomato diet, joined a gym. Oh, and by the way, I didn't drive until I was 28 years old. I really was 27. I came into OA in March, I just turned 28. Uh, 
I was a mess, but nobody knew I was a mess. I never talked about it to anybody. I didn't really have, I had a couple of girlfriends. My husband and I, we didn't have couple friends, kind of isolated before COVID. But this was 1975. I didn't drive. I didn't write checks. My husband made all the decisions, which I thought was great because I didn't want any responsibility. I just wanted to have babies. That's all I wanted to do is have a bunch of babies, make cookies, and be on the cover of good housekeeping. Because this is how a good mommy is. This is how I'm supposed to do it. I was raised in a, um, a certain religion that said that um, I never really was worthy. Uh, I had touched myself when I was eight years old. My mom caught me and she told me I was going to be a crispy kidder and go to death. I was going to go to hell. I was going to die. So there's my, that's my backstory. My forward story and has continued to go forward is Overeaters Anonymous. So I got a sponsor. I didn't even know what she looked like. She had on a green sweater and I liked the color. It says, get somebody who has what you want. I really liked her green sweater. And that's the God awful truth. So I went up to her and asked her to be my sponsor. Uh, there was a woman in Overeaters Anonymous. Her name was Natalie. She is no longer with us. I'm 28 and she probably was 40 and was kind of really old. You know, she looked old because she had gray hair. I started getting gray hair in high school, but she looked old, you know, 40 is old. And she stood up there and she said, I'm Natalie and I'm a compulsive overeater. And she says, I'm here for all of you who stepped on a raisin, backed up picked it up and ate it. And to this day, that story still makes me cry because that's why I stayed in Overeaters Anonymous. That's why I'm here, because I did that. Four years ago in California, before I got here, I went to Ikea um, to, to get some stuff because I know they didn't have it here in Vermont. And I opened up my car door and I looked down, you know, when you get out of a car, you kind of like look where you put your feet, at least I do. And there on the ground is a little goldfish cracker. And my mouth started to salivate without my permission, without ever thinking I wanted to eat it. And I just laughed. It'll always be with me. I didn't eat it. I stepped on it and went into Ikea and had a great day. But it was that fast without any knowledge for me. So I got a sponsor. I thank Natalie for speaking. Oh, by the way, she lost 250 pounds. She was a teacher and she just got back from climbing some big mountain. 
She was amazing, even though she was really old. Now, you thought, all of you know she wasn't old, not at 40. I'm 76. I'm not old. I'm 45 from the neck up. So she says, here's gray sheet. She handed me the gray sheet. She says, call me tomorrow at 3.30 and, and give me your food. That was it. I called Patty for four months. Um, her kids, if Patty wasn't home, her kids wrote down my food and stuck it on the cupboard with scotch tape because at that time in 1975, we didn't have sticky note. Isn't that funny? Oh my God. I think it's bizarre. And then when my four months was over, she told me that I needed to get a step sponsor. We hadn't talked about any of the steps. I was just following a food plan. A diet was never mentioned. It's a food plan. And you eat three meals a day with nothing in between. That was the rule. That was the rule. Protein, fruits, and vegetables. Three times a day. Gave you a whole sheet. I still have one of the original sheets. So then I had to find another sponsor and I found this lady standing up against the wall at one of the meetings that I went to. And by the way, my very first meeting was the first time I ever drove in the dark. And this, I met this lady and I thought she was in my church carpool because my kids went to the church school. And she told me I needed the big book, the 12 and 12, and Al-Anon day at a time. Those are the three books that I needed to work with her. And there was an AA 24 hours a day. It was a black book. I got all of those books because they sold them in the back of the meeting. I did whatever she said. She told me I could call her uh, at 8 o'clock on Tuesdays. Because she not only was active in OA, she was going to school, she had four children and a full-time job. And she said to me, you don't eat no matter what. No matter what, no matter what, no matter what. You don't eat no matter what. And in the meeting that I went to, there was this great big banister, this, I mean, um, banner that says, abstinence is the most important thing in my life without exception. And today, 48 years later, it's still the rule for me. My food plan has changed. Uh, I do eat grains now in limited amount because grains make me fat. I get heavy on grains. You're looking at a lady who, who never walked. and I never exercised. I now walk three to six miles a day because I want to, I want to, it's good for my body. So she and I worked out a food plan. I ate chicken, I eat a lot, I still eat a lot of chicken, but I don't eat a whole chicken anymore. I eat two pieces of chicken if they're small, but most of the time it's a, it's a piece of chicken because I don't have, I, I just can't eat that much. And I eat a lot of vegetables, fresh vegetables, fresh food. But I do eat pasta and I do eat rice, but th those things are in limited amounts because of my body. There are people that can eat 
four meals a day. There are people who eat three meals a day and two snacks. That's not the issue. My abstinence is three meals a day. If it has to change because of something, medicine or a function, when I, when I worked full time, I went to um, black tie events for my company, for my boss. And there was times that I had to get dressed in my work bathroom. And so my sponsor and I worked out how to be at a cocktail party and then have dinner. We worked it out. I worked things out with a sponsor. And I called her on Tuesdays and Thursdays religiously. Now she's got 54 years of abstinence. She's been around since the beginning. She knew um, Roseanne. I had met Roseanne several times and talked with her. But that doesn't give me abstinence. I don't ever want to go back to where I was. I am so in awe of people who come back because I don't think I could. I really don't. I have a healthy, healthy fear of this disease. I've been around long enough to see people die and commit suicide. Some weren't one fork at a time, but this is a killer disease. It will kill us and it will kill me. If my body could react to that cracker, I just think it's funny. I do most things with humor. I'm not a doom and gloomer. I have a wonderful time with my life. It's not the life I chose. Believe me, this is not what I wanted. I never wanted to be single. I never wanted to be married three times. I never wanted a 16-year-old daughter with a baby in her arms. I never wanted my son to be hauled off to, um, to jail in handcuffs. I never thought I could get through my parents dying or my divorces or my husband cheating, another husband drinking, another husband stealing. I had a broken picker. Everything was there telling me who these people were. And I said to God, I got this. Don't you worry. I can handle it. I'm strong like a bull. Yeah, well, that didn't work out. Now my picker is not broken and I live a really good life. And I'm happy 90% of the time only because I'm at peace. I'm at peace. I never was at peace. The first five years, maybe the first 10 years, all I really wanted to do was just lose a lot of weight. I just wanted to lose a lot of weight. I wanted to be thin. I also wanted to be tall and I also wanted bodacious tatas and I wanted long red curly hair. Well, I could have the long red curly hair and I could have the bodacious tatas. Unfortunately, they cost a lot of money and I am never going to be five seven. But in my next life, I am. I got it all planned, right? 15 minutes. Thank you. I sponsor, and it's my experience that very few people that I've sponsored wants to work as hard as I had to work. 
my sponsor said to me when I started working with this with Casey, she says, can you get up 15 minutes before the kids? Because at that time I was a daycare mother. And I would have my three plus three or four more all day. And I told her, oh, I couldn't get up early. I couldn't get up 15 minutes early. And she says, okay, how come? I says, well, Richard, my husband has the alarm clock and he's not gonna get up early for me. She goes, oh, okay. She says, Emmy, did you ever think of getting your own alarm clock? Well, I just thought that was a novel idea. Who would have thought of that? So that day I went out and got an alarm clock. And I started getting up 15 minutes early. And it was glorious because those little kids weren't up. Nobody was up. Anybody that has children trying to get quiet time is impossible. So I got my coffee. I, I At that time, I smoked Benson's and Hedges. I got my cigarette. I sat down with my four books. And she said, I only had to read a page a day. That's all. I didn't have to read chapters. I didn't have to take notes. Just can you read a page a day? I says, I sir, I can do that. She said, okay, great. And that's how it started. And then when she came up with this idea that she would, she thought it was good that if I started writing, she said to me, I go, writing? You know, write things down? You know how you're feeling? I wouldn't know what a feeling is if you hit me with a two by four. You don't feel, you just eat. That's, that's, that's what I did. I just ate. And I said, I can do a minute a day. She says, great. But it took me a while to find the right paper and the right pen because I'm a procrastinator. A big procrastinator. But I found the right paper and I found the right pen and I started writing a minute a day. And I says, do I write it to you? She says, no, just write it to God. Well, God and I weren't having a very good time because I had that God for my upbringing and my kids went to that school and that school of thought, I'll put it that way. And as I progressed in the program and on page 12 and 13 of the big book, I didn't trust the God of my birth. He was mean and vengeful and hurtful and punishing. And he was going to burn me forever. And just horrible, horrible feelings about this, this God that I had to turn to. I abstained from chocolate and other certain foods for a year for God. So he would stop the Vietnam War. Well, that didn't work. And I was really pissed. So then I really ate. I ate so much Russell's, Russell's potato chips, Ruffles potato chips, that the roof of my mouth bled. So she said that I could create my own God. Now, I had been around Old Readers Anonymous maybe a year. And I started to, my, I started to lose my weight. And I saw other people live peaceful lives. They abstained. 
They achieved things. They went back to school. They, they could talk in public and they had better marriages. They had better relationships with people. So she told me to write everything I thought God was. And then when I was all done with that, I got to turn the paper over and write everything I wanted God to be. And I started creating a power greater than myself without any religious association. And that's still, and my God has evolved to be really cool. Because I study and I read and I share and my life has gotten better and better. The only ticket for me, the only cost for me is to not eat compulsively. 10 minutes. Thank you. This program works. It has always worked. I have been around for 48 years. That's a long time doing it every day to the best of my ability. There is no perfect. There's, there's no chapter to any of our literature that says this chapter's for the perfect. It's just fake news. It's garbage. There's no perfect inventory. There's no perfect food plan. There's no perfect abstinence. Whatever you create, whatever I created is good enough with a sponsor. I have tried different food plans and I stick with the one that works the best for me. And that's three meals a day and it's fruits and vegetables and protein and occasional grains. And it just works for me. When I came to Vermont, I started walking. I love Vermont. I love this country. I just love Vermont. I just got back from California. Way too many people and way too much noise and way too many cars. Vermont has 643,000 people in the entire state. You know, California's got 46 million. I think that's in Los Angeles, and that's where I was. But all joking aside, it always works. If you're willing to go to anywhere. And to this day, I'm still willing to go to anywhere. If I call, if I call any one of you with a problem, if I've got a hard day or hard decision or something, and you give me a suggestion, I will do it, whether I like it or not. I would say to my sponsor, I'm just not willing. She said, I said, I'm going to pray for willingness. She says, that's great. You pray for willingness, but do it anyway. There's no excuses. There's nothing that you have been through that I have not been through that can make me eat. I make that decision if I want to eat. I do not want to eat. Do I ever entertain the idea of having more? You betcha. Do I do it? No. Because I know more is not the answer. It is just not the answer. And I've seen all the miracles I get to see all the miracles 
and I am a happy person. I don't deserve as much happiness as I have. I'm so grateful. And I write a gratitude list every morning. Three things, that's it. I've never told anybody to write any more than that. I hear, I have to write 50 things a day. That's insane to me. I'm very opinionated if you don't know by now. Sometimes I write down, I had a good poop and I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the simple things. I'm grateful that I can walk. I'm grateful that my heart works so well. I'm grateful and I have macular degeneration and my one eye, she doesn't work. I get shot in my eyes every month. It's not fun. It's not really painful, it's just not fun. And I know what my future is and I'm okay with it. I didn't cause this, I can't fix it. I can only make it the best I can and do what I'm told or what's suggested. Am I happy about it? No, I'm happy that I can still drive. I'm happy that I can still walk. I can feed myself, I can dress myself. I have, I have these glasses helps me see the computer. I have special, special light that I wear on my head so I can read. I have help. It was not five easy. Five minutes. Is that time? Five minutes. Okay. It was not easy for me to call the Association of the Blind and get on their list. It's hard for me to read books. I can't read on the computer because this, this eye misses letters and it sounds like I'm drunk or I don't know how to read because I have to wait until my mind can tell me what the letter is. But, and I did fall apart when I got the diagnosis. I cried for two days. I was hysterical for two days. I was gonna have to go get a seeing eye dog. My life was in the toilet. Who's gonna do my shopping for me? I just went off the deep end for two days. I cried, slung snot, talked to my sponsor. They didn't try to fix it. They just listened. They listened. And I have a great support family. Some people don't have a support family. I didn't have a support family. I've acquired one since I've been in the program. My children talk to me today about everything. They can talk to me about sex. My boys talk to me about sex. I don't have a problem talking about sex. I don't have a problem talking about religion or politics or anything. If you wanna be a vegan, be a vegan. Great, I'm happy for you. You wanna eat meat like me? Great, I'm happy for me. But I am very opinionated about the program and it tells me in the big book chapter five, I just started reading it, reading it again the other day. I will not have a life if I do not do this program. I will be dead. I know how to do it now. I know how to commit suicide now. There's been a lot of out there. I know how I could do a better job. I'm not going to. I know that I could. I have stinking thinking. 
And I, the voice in my head that tells me to do stuff, I gave her a name and a life. Her name is Chatty Kathy. She's always yakking at me, yakky, 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 yakky. Do this, do that. I just tell her to go fuck herself. And um, there's times I've got up out of my, on my chair that I sit in back here. And I go out and I open up the front door and I says, get out, come back when you can behave. I pulled over on a freeway, stopped the car, got out, go around, open up the passenger side and tell it to get the fuck out. I'm not talking to you. I'm not listening to you. Close the door and get back on the road. I know that you probably think I've lost my mind. If anybody saw me do that, they'd put me in the loony bin, but it works for me. I'm a published author. When my books came in the mail and I opened it up and saw my name with the book, I cried and I called my sponsor. She goes, what's wrong? I says, you're such a bitch. She goes, what did I do now? I says, you made me write every day for a minute. And who would have thought? Who would have thought? Again, my wildest dreams, I never dreamed of that, never wanted that. It was a situation that came into my life and I, all I did was help somebody and that's what happened. I work a strong program, I was given a strong program. The answers are there, rarely. I just have never seen it fail if somebody is willing to do the work. And it's really not that hard. You just have, I just have to do it. And I'm grateful that you were here. And um, I'll, I'm gonna close um, with what I have to say. Uh, I, I, I think you're all wonderful. Keep doing what we're doing. Fight for yourself. Don't let this disease take you. Bobby Earl once said, you know, if I listen to my head and kill myself, it doesn't realize it's not going to go on without me. Thank you very much uh, for asking me to speak. I'm sorry I was a bit late. Um, I forgot. It happened. I'm going to put my name. Thank you very much for inviting me. Oh, Amy, my gosh, what a message it's up and with. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'm always looking for a paragraph, asking God to show me something. And God, did he give me a paragraph for you in the family afterwards, page one through three, two. I mean, you know what's coming. We have been speaking to you of serious, sometimes tragic things. We have been dealing with alcohol and its worst aspect, but we aren't a glum lot. If newcomers could see no joy or fun in our existence, they wouldn't want it. We absolutely insist on enjoying life. We try not to indulge in cynicism over the state of the nations nor do we carry the world's troubles on our shoulders. And on the next page, this makes it really clear. We are sure God wants us to be happy, joyous and free. And with that, we will close the recording.